What's happening with it? This is Slink Johnson, a.k.a. Black Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And you're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. How you love that? You are listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network, featuring Pod of Thrones, Hoopla, and the Shiznit. is the Red Rock Podcast Network. From Red Rock Studios in Los Angeles, California, this is the Shiznit. And your host, Damon Standifer, Charlie Bell, and Dino Red. Now, put your hands together for the Shiznit. Well, all right. Welcome back to another episode of the Shiznit Show. We realize you have a choice in your podcast listening, and we appreciate you listening to us. A good day, Damon. What's been up, man? How are you doing? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Wait, what? What? You, you don't know how you been? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh my god there's a ghost there's a ghost in here the weasel could not make it today so uh charlie bell and i are holding it down for him holding it tough so uh handle your business bro we'll see you next week charlie bell how are you doing today i'm all right how all right are, how are you well, I'm all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging in there. <laughs> so what's been up? What's good with you? Um, you know, so my love life is sad, but. Uh-oh. I, yeah. Womp womp. But, <laughs> but I did, <laughs> but I did make a love, con- a surprising love connection. Wait, what? Between, what? no, no, not for me, for someone else. Oh, Okay. Okay, so you playing Cupid. Yes, I played Cupid. Okay, a little late, but okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh um, have, have you done that sort of thing in the past? Not per se. Not, you know, I'll try to introduce friends, but mm-hmm. I don't try to, you know, push it past there. But this was a surprising, I did not, I just introduced these friends. We were hanging out at a party and they hit it off, like totally unexpectedly. So you kind of really wasn't playing Cupid. Yeah, not you, you kind of just was the 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 uh, the, the serendipitous uh, Cupid exactly. in the situation. Exactly, I was the undercover Cupid. Right, right. But, okay. But um, no, it's interesting because the friend is a lovely. You know, you know, you know, my friends, my girlfriends are pretty cute. Oh yeah. But she's also curvy, very you know, mm-hmm. very full figured. <laughs> yeah. And the friend. Who likes her mm-hmm. is a 
personal trainer. Okay. So I never would expect it. Like all the women that I've ever seen him pursue before, he's, I've never seen him with a curvy girl. And just on yeah. his own branding, I wouldn't think he would get with a curvy girl. Yeah, typically um, <clears throat> those those type dudes and those type females like uh, um, they like the the same type for their right. for their significant others. Right. Yeah. So so hey, but not always. Yeah. So not hope always. for the curvy girls out there. All right, Keep right. Keep hope alive. <laughs> I, the only the only time I've played Cupid was for my nephew in the past. I've hooked him. I hooked him up with probably his first two or three girlfriends oh. when he was a when he was a teenager. Okay, that's a good sign. But um, other than that, grown people and that sort of thing never. No, never. <laughs> never even thought about it. Really. Mm-mm. I think that um yeah, I don't know. I feel like my I feel like my guy friends should should help me out more. <laughs> I feel like they're not I feel like they don't they don't have my back. It's like they'll they'll criticize like if they see me with a guy and then they'll criticize my date, but then like they don't offer up any suggestions. Right, but then 3 or 4 months later I'll end up going out with their homeboy and I'm like I could have been going out with him the whole time. Like what happened? Like why didn't you no, guys, you guys, dudes are lame. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think it's it's a tricky thing. You know, sometimes people, you know, they blame you when things don't go right or whatever. And but my my marriage is a kind of a sort of a product of matchmaking with my sister. Oh yeah, yeah, sort of. How'd yeah. that go down? Well, um, my sister. It was just after Christmas time, mm-hmm. and my sister was returning some things. Uh, you know, and making exchanges and that type of thing. So she was in, uh, I think it was what Robinson May, mm-hmm. I guess it's called, mm-hmm. the one at the Galleria. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so uh, she was, you know, returning things. And the girl who was ringing her up, helping her out, said, "Oh, that's a, a nice, that's a nice outfit you have on." Mm-hmm. And my sister was like, "Oh, yeah." This is Carl Kanai. My baby brother got this for me and this and that. And Aww. my little brother, he saw this and he saw that and this and that, right? Mm-hmm. And so the girl was like, really? She was like, well, how old is your brother? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, does he have a girlfriend? And so my sister is like writing checks and uh-huh. doing stuff. So she's not really, she's answering her, but she's not really, she Putting didn't really two put two, two together. together at, yeah. yeah, right. And so finally she did and she looked at her and she was like, well, baby, how old are you? <laughs> Because my wife looked really young. Yeah, she does. Yeah, especially back then. Right. So she was like, I'm uh, 25 or 26 or mm-hmm. whichever she was at the time. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, okay, well, you're... Old enough. Little, Yeah, <laughs> you're a little young, you know, for him, but I don't know, he might... I'm like, she's like, well, you can give me your number, but I can't make any promises. And right. so um, she gave her her number and she told me the story. Uh, a couple of days later, when we the, the family we met up, at, we were at, uh, meeting up at the Elephant Bar for mm-hmm. I forget what I think it might have been one of our parents' something or mm-hmm. anniversary, you know, or something birthday. like that. Mm-hmm. But um, so a few days later, I, I called her, and that's we talked for a couple of weeks. Then we had our first date, and we now it's eleven years later. <laughs> so yeah our anniversary is on the 17th black love so. <laughs> or according to don don by <laughs> okay exactly 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> she's man. When I that that first impression though, mm-hmm. I almost because I called and she picked up the phone. I, obviously, I didn't know it was her. I just right. heard some some girl pick up the phone and be like, "Hello," with like all kind of attitude, and I was like, "Oh, excuse me, um, y'all was looking for Shantae." Mm-hmm. Yes, and I was like. Oh, you don't know me, you know, my right. sister, you met my sister uh-huh. in the mall and you gave her her number and bam. She remember. The, no, I mean the attitude just like, switched. yeah, switched. yeah. Oh, hi. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, are you busy or did I call at a bad time? No, 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 it's fine. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> That's <laughs> like hilarious. the shit out of me the way you answered the phone. <laughs> she, she was looking for her opportunity. She was on it. She was like, I'm taking all applications, sight unseen. Yeah, shit. Maybe I would be married if I was that. Uh... <laughs> well, she said that she figured, she you know, she, what she had been doing had hadn't worked and she just thought that a guy who was that whose sister like spoke well right him. right she like he must be a decent dude if his sister is like you know and hyping him up he bought right hyping yeah. him up and he <laughs> bought her this nice outfit and all this stuff and like well yeah i used to take good care of my sister back then because i didn't have a kid or a wife or a right. house or anything right so i used to hook her up <laughs> uh, still sweet yeah I feel bad though because I can't can't do that now, but I used to. She's, no, but it's still the point that you have you have good um, relationships with a lot of different women in your life. You have female friends. You have close relationships with you know sister. I used to I used to shop for my sister like she was my girl almost. I knew her sizes. I would just see stuff Aww. and be like, oh, my sister would look good in this, and just Aww. buy it for her. <laughs> well, I even had a dude do that for me. <laughs> Never. Never. No, I can't say that. I had. Not consistently, but I have had a couple of little surprises. Yeah. 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 Do better. So, <laughs> right? Males. Uh, Straight men. Get it together. Hashtag get it together. Hashtag get it together. <laughs> Mofo. <laughs> oh, so let's see. What's been up in my week? Well, I had a very good. I was on um, Friday. I was on Chonella. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I love me some. Some Clove and Shirley. Yeah, I love them too. Yeah, these good peeps. So I was, I was on their I show. I want to go to Canada. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind going back my damn self. Yeah, yeah. invite us. <laughs> we want to come see you. Okay. Shoot. Oh, in fact, they invited. Um, they want us to come back on the show with all of us. Oh, dope. So they gave us a date. So I got to get with you and and Weasel and see okay. if that's a good day for you guys. But um, yeah, so that was cool, and um, uh, we were. Or what were we talking about? We were talking about all kind of stuff, but it was it was a good show. It was funny. Chloe, <laughs> Chloe kept trying because he started off playing West Coast stuff, you know, for uh-huh. my benefit, <laughs> and he played play some Ice Cube. And here's Chloe. You know how Cube goes, yay, yay. Yeah. <laughs> Chloe was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the worst yay yay I ever. It. I love it. It was so funny. His wife was like, Shirley was like, honey, oh my God, that was so white. That was Oh my so- gosh, you're so doing her voice so well. That was a great impression of her voice. <laughs> she was like, Oh, it was so white. Oh my God. <laughs> That's funny. Don't ever do that again. I think you just ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh my gosh. Okay, so he's the white white guy. Man, last week we went out to my home. Yeah, uh, you know my friend um, Nikki. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. darling Nikki. Yeah, darling Nikki. 
it was her birthday, so we went. You know, out. I met her in the hotel lobby. What was she doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. We'll get back to that later. <laughs> I guess you could say. <laughs> anyway, um, it was her birthday, so yes, true to her personality, it was a turn up. Okay. And so we went right. to a club and had bottle service and whatever, and her. Baller! Mm, and um, her, what is she? Her niece's mama-in-law. <laughs> I don't. What is that? I don't know what that is. Anyway, extended family. Yeah, is mm-hmm. um, she's a white woman, mm-hmm. but like from the old school kind of like Tina Marie mold, right? Okay, like. You could tell she's been with none but black dudes. She's she's the blackest white oh, okay. woman ever. Right, 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 right. And but not just black, like kind of like um, Kathy Lance's girl. Oh, blacker than yes, blacker than her. Yeah, blacker wow. Black, but like not fronting. That's just that's how just she, who she was, is. is. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, she was twerking on the bus. <laughs> I mean, she's just yeah. She just <laughs> yeah. That's. Her genuine Afrocentricity right. coming out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so this is how hood she is. So she, so we got we got the bottle, but we had already been partying on the party bus, right? So we couldn't finish the bottle. Mm-hmm. And so as we're leaving, she's like, "Girl, don't knock over my purse." I was like, "What?" She's like, "Yeah, girl, I poured the bottle in my bag." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, that's gangster. That's trill." <laughs> That's some trill ass shit. She did that on purpose, or yes, we took the liquor that we paid for out in her purse. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, let the white woman walk out with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Not poured it in, just yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get it now because yeah. I thought you meant like literally. I'm like, wait, what? yeah, like yeah, literally. She literally took transferred it from one bottle to another. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So she had bought a bottle and was ready for somebody. Okay. No, she bought a she bought like a a Pellegrino mm-hmm. and put the liquor in the Pellegrino bottle. Oh, okay. So anyway, <laughs> I was like, "You got that's your trill card right there." <clears throat> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so everybody how to how to get down. Okay. Shoot, turn up for what? Right. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, um, did you did you talk about East Coast, West Coast? Like, what did what was the? Well, no, not really. Um, actually, we kind of, we kind of, we they asked, they had like some surprise questions for me, Mm. and so uh, one thing kind of led to another. They asked um, one question was like, if one thing on yourself you could change or dislike or something like that Mm -hmm. what would it be and so that kind of opened up the gate for like my eyes right Mm. so i kind of told him about that excuse me um and then we're kind of tripping off of that and i guess i should go ahead and mention it here on this show because we kind of talked around it we've Mm -hmm. never really actually came out and said it Mm -hmm. and i've mentioned it on a couple of other shows Mm -hmm. at this point and it's only because well, I feel like, like I said, since I've mentioned it on a couple other shows, I feel like I should mention it on our show right. for our listeners so that they, they they know and other people, you know, are not privy to information that they're not. Right. But the reason why I haven't really talked about it on my show is just because it's something I just don't really talk about too much. Right. 
but I, um, I can confirm that. Right, but I mean, I'm not opposed to talking about it when it comes up. You know, I'll right. I will talk about. It. That's why it's been mentioned on other shows. But um, I don't generally bring it up just for whatever for any reason. I don't just generally bring it up. But the thing is, so they asked me, well, you know, what was it about my eyes, whatever. So I told them I was born blind. Well, I told them I'm legally blind, and I was actually born blind. <clears throat> for the first couple years of my life, I couldn't see anything except a little bit of light. And so, um, and I guess by the time I was two, uh, I was able to, I, I gained the little bit of sight that I do have now. And uh, Shirley asked a good question, or I don't remember if it was Shirley or Clove, but somebody asked, was it, did they know if it was permanent or if it was going to, and, and they didn't. They didn't know anything, really. Mm-hmm. They didn't know why it was like that or if if it was if the, I was going to be permanently blind and mm-hmm. you know they didn't know if I was going to when once I got to see they didn't know if that was going to be permanent or if that was going to be temporary mm-hmm. <clears throat> so in fact when I don't even think I told you this before uh, mm-hmm. Charlie Bell but at one time uh, I learned Braille when I was a kid you never told me that yeah um, I don't remember any of it and I was very resistant to it I wasn't it wasn't something I was very I actually not only did I learn Braille I had a actually had a a, a tutor mm-hmm. like a tutor slash counselor from right. the braille institute right. um and she would come to see me in school uh, i think it was like maybe twice a week and i would leave class and i would have these private sessions with her yeah and it was kind of like a slat it was kind of it was kind of educational slash counseling type right. you know mm-hmm. and <clears throat> they made all these um these special large print books for me. And these books, Charlie Bell, were huge. I, I mean, imagine. they were fucking huge. I remember my science book. <laughs> the, the, the picture on the cover of my science book was bigger than the other kids, the normal actual book. Right. You know what I mean? Just the picture of it. Right. You know, because right. the picture didn't cover the whole the whole uh, cover. Right. It only covered a portion of it. Right. And that's how big they were. Wow. And, uh, and I had these like, oh, yeah, I had this special paper, too. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, um, it had these bright green, like kind of, a, yeah, kind of b- bright green lines. So it was like easier for me to see and stuff, whatever. So it was oh, like wow. all this stuff. And, you know, obviously I felt weird and kind of freaky or whatever. And I, I went through with it, you know, went along with it for a while. But my whole thing was it made me stand out more. And I just kind of wanted to blend in and not, you know, which I really couldn't. Right. You know, I don't. But it's still part of your personality that you try to blend in to an extent. Yeah. I I never wanted to call it, cause it, call, call attention to it. Right. You know, or be singled out because of it or anything like that. But that wasn't really possible, you know, not totally. But, um, yeah. So anyway, and then after a while, I just kind of told my mom, I was like, I don't, I don't want to. You know, do I have to? I don't want to. I just want to be like everybody else. I don't want to, you know. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, if you don't, you know, if you don't want to, I won't, you know, I won't make you. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. So, um, th- how was that? That's uh, interesting that they were so, mm, let's say, forceful about religion and all of that. And so, kind of <laughs> let you do your thing when it came to your, you know, your your um, blindness. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I think. I think because I think there's a lot of different reasons for that. For one thing, mm-hmm. nobody really knew anything. And right. this shout out to shout out right now. I want to give a shout out to um, 
to mothers, mothers, especially mothers of uh, disabled children. Let -hmm. me give a shout out to them because they are probably the most resilient motherfuckers on the face of the earth. Yeah, I agree. With <laughs> I that. mean, I'm like watch. I remember watching Ray and and other biographies like that, true yeah. stories where you take this this woman who has no Nothing. education, right? No experience. Nobody in the family has this thing or whatever, right. and they figure out how to do things and right. teach things to their children and right. whatever. And that was my mom. I mean. Right. She taught me how to ride the bus. Aww. I mean, skills that I use to this day. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, even things like how to like when cleaning the house and cleaning the counter. And, mm-hmm. you know, she would teach me like, okay, when, after you wipe it down, mm-hmm. take your hand and run your hand across it. Right. Because you can't see there will be things that. that you won't see, but right. you'll be able to feel it. Right. You know, <clears throat> and there's, you know, just a whole lot of things that every day, right. the, you know, 40-something years later, I'm still doing these things that she taught me that nobody, she didn't go to school for this. She didn't right. read this anywhere. <laughs> she just instinctively figured this shit out. And, like, you know, yeah. you know, she would sit on the bus with me and, and ride with me and show me how to look at landmarks mm-hmm. to know where to get on and get off, Right. you know, the first time. And then after that, you know, I could do it on my own and, right. you know, so that I know where to get off because I couldn't see the signs and different things. And then sometimes the bus driver would might forget so right. you can't rely totally on the bus driver no, you, to, can't. you know mm-hmm. and uh yeah i mean i just and i know mothers do you know like um you got you got the story about uh was it lorenzo's oil mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. just where parents not not just mothers but especially right. mothers right you know where they just like go all through hell and high water and sometimes right. even find out cures or you know, help to yeah, find cures or yeah, treatments yeah. or things that um, make, you know, their children's lives easier. so much easier, yeah. you know. So, you know, shout out, shout out to the yeah. uh, to the moms for that. Yeah. But yeah. So Aww. anyway, we didn't go that. I just kind of went into it a little bit more than yeah. we went into it. Then we just kind of went into it in passing. But, but the fact that you and I have been <clears throat> friends for so long and you hadn't told me like that much about that even to that level is like speaks to your personality a lot and kind of how you just are a trooper and you just persevere and your whole thing is like, you know, whatever it's my lot in life, I'm going to deal with it and do the best I can. And that like, right. Just manifest in everything you do. And you know, that's, we've talked about, that's not the only reason I respect you, but it, it, it plays into, you know, the kind of your character and that's what I, you know, one of the things I truly respect about you. Part of who I am and why I am the way that I am. I've never, like, you'll you'll never ever hear me like. Even when it's true, even when you know, even even when it does have something to do with why right. I didn't do something or something didn't come out right, you'll never hear me say that. No, never. You know, I just I just don't. You know, mm. and I never lean on it. I never wanted it to be a crutch. I never throw it up. I never. Mm. I just don't. You know, and. And I, and on the other hand too, <clears throat> I don't feel sorry for myself. You know, it's, no, absolutely, it's because I can't. You know, because right. I know there's people who who are are yeah are literally blind all yeah. the way or don't have limbs and right. whatever else. As a matter of fact, this this kind of or don't or have the same issue but didn't have the mom to do 
Right. You know, like it's so many things you can you can always compare yourself. You're going to come out better or worse than somebody all the time. Right. And that's that has something to do a little bit with what I've been talking about lately. You talked about this on Chonella as well. And in the some of the forums on Facebook where, you know, everybody was going ham on Madonna for what she said about, um, oh, you know, people will will go on Twitter and, and on Facebook and whatever else and won't think twice um, about, you know, wouldn't dare say something racist or something against gays. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they will say something, you know, um, about my age oh, or whatever, for, you for know, sure. <clears throat> and, and not think anything of it. And, you know, a lot of people went ham on that or whatever, and it's not the same. And, da, da, da. and my thing was, you know, I actually came to Madonna's defense because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? We got to we got to stop. We got to stop mm-hmm. being so hard on people because they don't phrase everything just right. Just so, right. you know, I, I understand that the way that is phrased, it did kind of sound like, and, you know, if you look at it in this most literal form that Madonna might be saying that, you know, racism and, 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 you know, and discrimination against gays doesn't exist. So there's this uh, this there's this ageism that mm-hmm. go that that still exists against, you know, me, me, this uh, privileged white woman. Right. And uh, why? Why is that so? Right. But I don't think she meant it that way. Right. I think she meant it like, OK, why is it that somebody wouldn't think twice about saying this right. about a, about a person of color or right. this about a gay person, right. that same person will have no problem saying something against somebody who, you know, who's, who's older. Right. right. No, ageism is for sure. Like the older I get, the more I'm realizing how extreme ageism really is and how much it affects every aspect of our lives. But right. like, obviously racism, sexism, you know, homophobia, obviously they're huge issues or problems. Yes. But we have the awareness, like, even if you are a racist, you, most of us know, shut the fuck up. Don't say certain things, <laughs> right. you right. know, out right. loud. Whereas we haven't even as a society gotten that far with ageism right. where we're calling it out and, and, and identifying how destructive it is right. and how we totally are, really throwing away a huge segment of our population that has experience and wisdom and, you know, knowledge. and So, right. And so I'm saying, they, you know, but, you know, Clove was like, oh, but it's Madonna and she's privileged and she's this and she's let this. I'm right. like, I understand that. But it doesn't mean that she's not a person and she can't be in pain right. and that she can't be discriminated against. I said, we have to stop doing that. We have to stop just because somebody's experiences and somebody's situation is not the same as ours or right. or as bad as ours. We can't, we can't keep we still have compassion. Yeah, them. we can't we can't be like, you know, oh, you, shut up because my situation's worse. I mean, right. you can't you can't do that. Right. You know, and by the same token, extrapolate that to what I was saying about with with me. I mean, right. you know, there's there's people who are far worse off than me. And then there's people who are who don't have it as bad as me. So Absolutely. I'm like, but just because I'm not. um totally blind like some people might be right. does that mean that my experiences aren't shit right. you know what i mean does it mean that i don't have a right to feel pain does it, does it mean that i don't have a right to to express you know the the, the trials and tribulations right. that Absolutely. i go through the challenges that are real to me every Absolutely. single fucking day of my life Absolutely. it doesn't mean i mean yeah yeah okay um helen keller had it way worse right but that doesn't mean that I'm not going My through something too. My struggle's not real. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> and, you know, everything is, it's, it's on a continuum, you right. know, and it, and, it's, and it slides, you know, and it varies from person to person. And, and from point to point in right. your life. Yeah. And, you know, you, we got we to stop, we got to stop, um, 
um, uh, minimizing other people's pains and sufferings and trials or whatever just because we think that they're white and privileged or whatever they are. Right. They're still humans and they're still entitled, right. you know. Or I wouldn't even say minimizing. I would say just more so just dehumanizing people and, right. and just putting them into these categorical boxes where you don't really know the contours of their actual Yeah, and let's stop being so know. nitpicky with the language, everybody. I mean, yeah. Geez, you know how per- you know how hard it is to say the perfect, you know, the the right, the exact right thing all the time, right? Especially if that's not even your thing, right? You know, you're not even you're a not public speaker. You're not <laughs> right. You're not. Yeah. You're not an activist. You're not. You know, you right. don't. This is not your daily thing. You right. don't. You know, it's. Right. It's 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 hard. Well, it's really I, hard. And I think there's definitely a line between holding people accountable for what they say and and giving them the benefit of the doubt. Right. You know what I mean? Like I think that. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Like, for example, I think the recent thing that came out was, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, Juliana Rancic, the, the entertainment reporter, she made a... About Zendaya? Mm-hmm, about, she kind of made a fucked up comment about her hair. She did, and, but, uh, but... Go ahead, go ahead and finish. So, the point is, is that Zendaya called her out on it, to me, mm-hmm. in a very classy mm-hmm, way, mm-hmm, in a very... Mm-hmm. She didn't call her name, she no. just said, this is why I was wrong, this is why you stepped over the line, this is why it's racist, and this is what you can do to, like, basically educate yourself, right? And right. just left it at that. Right. And so Juliana took that to heart, and right. she gave what was actually a very, I mean, I hope it was heartfelt. It sounded sincere. heartfelt. It sounded heartfelt. It, it sounded sincere. real. It sounded and she real. she said, you know, I acknowledge my mistake, I learned from it, and moving on. So that's the kind of, to me, that's a constructive way to hold someone accountable. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I agree. I think that was constructive. But at the same time, I think the way the everybody else came for her and stuff and this and that, I it's like we we have no sense of humor about anything anymore. Mm. And I just, you know, it was obviously a joke. I did not think, you know, I don't know. Maybe I don't have a right to say because I don't have locks. I don't know. But to me, it wasn't offensive at all. Um, and I don't know. I just think that, I don't know, people. It, it, well, it was offensive, but I think you can tell somebody that they said or did something offensive without dehumanizing them. Well, yeah, she did. Which and is she what did. I think she Zendaya did. She did, did do that. Well. But I just, I just felt like people way overreacted. I thought it was, you know, well, I thought it was a, a joke that was not. Funny. <laughs> um, I think the reason, uh-huh. the reason it's appropriate to call people out sometimes in a humane way yeah i think you know we we have to have standards about everything right but i think the reason it's appropriate is because this person is part of the mass media and one of the one of the perpetuators of racism is stereotypes right that that we have unconsciously and you know kind of juliana said this like even that we unconsciously associate a black hairstyle with weed which is illegal and is a crime and that a, a crime that black people are far more punished for and incarcerated for, even though we don't smoke weed at any higher rates than white people. You know, it, it's it's a it's a prejudice, it's a stereotype that has real world consequences, and that's why it's an, something that's worth, you know, I think calling to account. But that that doesn't mean that. Again, I think it's how you do it. So she, what was the whole quote she said? Is um, she said it looked like her hair smelled like patchouli oil and what else? And weed. And weed. Mar- okay. Marijuana. So okay. to me, patchouli oil, you could kind of say, oh, well, she's making a hippie reference. Yeah. But then when you bring weed into it, that brings more of a racist stereotype to it. And first of all, yeah. I mean, even even the hippie part is still a stereotype. You know, like mm. nobody wants to be stereotyped, especially for a hair. Locks is a is an African hairstyle. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. something that originated in the black culture. Right. And so 
even to put a hippie stereotype on something that's of African origin is already suspect. But then when you bring weed into it, it kind of plays into these stereotypes that black people are, you know, criminal and more prone to drug use. And, you know, it's just, that's why I think it was appropriate for her to call her out and she did it well. And I think it's an example of how you can call people out without undermining their humanity. Um, But I do agree with you that I don't think people are too sensitive, but I do think that people, because of social media makes it so easy for you to not be accountable about how you call on other people. I think people do go ham on people to an extent that's cruel and, and doesn't really benefit the conversation or the progress of the understanding of whatever the issue is. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I hear you and I, I agree with, with pretty much most of what you're saying, but it just feels like, you know, no one has a sense of humor about anything anymore. You can't, it just, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I just don't like where this is, where all this is going. I really don't. I don't care for it at all. Well, I, I mean, that's and this is a this is a genuine point of disagreement with with you and me. I mean, I right. think it's good that people can't just get away with saying something and saying, "Oh, well, cuz it's funny to me." Well, you know what? It's not funny to us. Like now we have the fucking voice to say shit's not funny. It's not a joke. And you know, just cuz you find it funny, it's not cool to say. And I think that's I think that's an appropriate balance. I don't think it means that no one has any humor left. Like, there's still plenty of stuff that's funny out there. And and, and I'm not going to say that there's not offensive yeah, things too, that I laugh at, too. And then, too, I was just going to say, then you open yourself up for being a hypocrite because when somebody does say something that that is offensive or offensive to someone else or whatever, and you laugh at that, or someone else does a similar joke and get away with it and you don't come down on them, then there's this big can of worms. It's just this, this mm. you know, there's, you know, you're being hypocritical. I, you're not being consistent. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, but uh, I think what, what, who said it? Um, consistency is the hobgoblin of the small mind. I mean, I think the reality is nothing is going to be a hundred percent all the time. I don't think it's hypocritical. Personally, I can say something is both, funny and offensive you know i can say oh that's funny but it's kind of fucked up you know what i mean like it, well, a it, lot of times that's what makes it funny exactly i agree with that that's, I, that's the whole a lot of times that's the whole point i agree with that i that's true but right. there's still a balance there's still a balance <laughs> you know there's nothing i i'm just saying nothing's absolute sometimes you let shit go sometimes you don't sometimes it needs to be called out sometimes it isn't i don't think it's ruining humor I think it's making. I think it is. I think mm-hmm. it's ruining humor. I think it's ruining. Like I said, I, and I don't. I don't just. I disagree with that because I think if you know a black person says the same joke and you let them get away with it, but a white person doesn't. Yeah, that, context- that's problematic. That's no, it problematic. Isn't. It's contextual. You're coming from two different perspectives. A, a black person can say something about black people that white people it's not appropriate for them to say, and you've said that yourself. White people cannot say the n word. You've said that. So it's the same principle. Like it. Well, I say they sh- they shouldn't say it. Right. Right. Should not. Right. They shouldn't say it. But right. I don't really. I mean, I'm not gonna. Ha- there's not gonna be any outcry from me if they. You know, <laughs> if they say it. Really? Yeah, really. So if the, you wouldn't be offended by any white person saying the N-word in any context? Uh, No, I won't go that far. Was, right. So no, that's, I, won't, I won't go that that's far. That's all I'm saying is that nothing is absolute in terms of either humor or offensiveness. There's a, Like you said, everything's a continuum. Right, yeah, definitely. I definitely believe that in that. I mean, I, that there are no absolutes for uh-huh. sure. But I don't know. Well, let's get into these topics. News and noteworthy. The shit's Me and Charlie Bell going mano y mano today. 
She. <laughs> now, we didn't cover this story when it first came out. You heard about the Detroit Walking Man? Yeah, I heard yeah, about it. Yeah, you heard about that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in case some of our listeners uh, did not hear about it, just to give you a, a, a brief, you know, brief. catch you up. <laughs> a brief. <laughs> a briefing, yeah. Okay, there's this man in Detroit who walks like 30 miles a day to a suburb to, to, uh, for work every day and has been doing this for years. Okay, because of the way um, it, it has a, it's a, 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 a plethora of reasons why. The, the buses, for whatever reason, um, don't run that late because the city's broke. They can't afford to run that late. So um, that's part of the reason. Um, some people say something about they that, uh, you know, certain uh, people don't don't want certain people from other parts of town to have access to their part of town. So that's part of the reason. And there's all these different reasons why. But for whatever reason, um, this gentleman works uh, or walks 30 miles a day. Uh, every day uh, to do his job uh, and, and he makes like 10 bucks an hour. Right. So when this story broke about a month ago, the first time, um, like uh, a lot of people do so often, they, they, uh, they, they feel bad for the man and with good intentions, they, somebody started like a Kickstarter or something like that for him and some kind of social media funding and raised like 350 uh, K for the man. Right, mm-hmm. which is like really awesome and like more than enough for a car, <laughs> <laughs> right? A car and insurance, right? And yeah, right. But I just think that you know when you hear stuff like that, that is like you know I just went got on went, went on this diatribe about things I don't like about society. That's one thing that you know things like that you hear about these things. That's not a rare thing. You know, people um, have these hard luck stories and they. Somebody starts a, a campaign for them, and all of a sudden, they have a small fortune. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's that's very nice. Unfortunately, though, in this situation, um, the the words of the great uh, P Diddy come to mind: <laughs> "More money, more problems." Because <laughs> this poor brother, have you heard what's been going on with him since he came into the money? No, I kind of skimmed it. I heard he's not driving well, the car. Well, the di- I forgot too. In addition to the 350k, a, a local dealership also gave him like a brand new red. Um, I forget what type of car it was, mm-hmm. but it was a nice car. It was brand new, and uh, they they gifted that to him. Well, first first off, the dude hit the his neighbor's building. <laughs> The, his neighbor's house, I should say, while uh, going to his driveway because, you know, on the East Coast, it's mm-hmm. slick and there's mm-hmm. icy. And uh, if you're not used to driving, which I'm sure this, this gentleman is not, right. uh, then it, it takes him getting used to. Absolutely. And uh, so he, he he did that. And um, <clears throat> that 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 was that caused uh, problems because um, the owner of the house, everybody knows who this man is now. Right. Because he's he's become this minor celebrity in social media and uh, they want a payday now. Right. And then also come to find out that the the gentleman's life is in danger because everybody knows about him and this money and this car. Right. Well, first of all, um, insurance is extremely high in uh, Detroit. They there were reports that it can be up to five thousand dollars for car insurance, Mm. which is like insane. I'm not sure you know what kind of car that is but they did say it could top five thousand dollars so (laughs) because of uh, all the theft and 
uh, that goes that goes on with the cars there. Crazy. So yeah, so he he's um, the poor the poverty tax, right? The poverty, and they said the same the same at the same time that this the, his story was blowing up. They said it was a um, another man who was found dead, stabbed to death, and they suspect the reason why he was killed was because there was quote unquote a rumor that appears not to even be true that he had won um, the lotto for twenty grand, <laughs> right? And uh, the reporter said that the, the you know the, the lottery people and all that said that he if he did win he never cashed in the ticket, mm-hmm. so they have no knowledge of him being a winner or not. But just the fact that this man was rumored to have won twenty thousand dollars cost him his life. That's and so you got this guy over here rolling around in a brand new car. With a three hundred fifty thousand dollar bounty on his head, pretty much. Yeah. Um, now this situation is really strange to me, and I'd be interested to find out more about this arrangement. His girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, rents him a room uh, out of her house, mm-hmm. right? Which you know, okay, I don't really have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. She charges him uh, two twenty a week, mm-hmm. right? But she lives in the house um, with her ex husband as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So her ex-husband, her boyfriend, and some other guy also lives in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have demanded uh, a payout from this from this gentleman. For when, what? F- because he got money and they want it. <laughs> right. Right. But what's the justification? <laughs> they didn't express any. Just. Just that we, we need. Me. We need the payout. Right. So um, he hasn't received any of the money yet. He probably hasn't been too quick to do it because he knows that once he gets it, he you know yeah. he can be in trouble. So the reporter finds out about all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And the reporter, I'm gonna give props to the reporter. I wish I had gotten his name. I should have gotten mm-hmm. his name, but I, I didn't. But mm-hmm. but uh, props to this reporter because he seems to have gone, um, you know, Deeply. through some through some some uh, some lengths to mm-hmm. try to help this gentleman. Mm-hmm. So he con uh, the, the reporter contacted the uh, police a police captain or authority person. And they allow the gentleman to park his car at the police station where it would be safer. Mm-hmm. So that that's one thing. He's still uh, basically moving target when he's driving around. But at mm-hmm. least, you know, when his car is uh, uh, parked, uh, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about it being stolen. Mm-hmm. And then um, he found, uh, the reporter found uh, a, a landlord who had an apartment for rent mm-hmm. where the... The gentleman can move out and stay there until his money um, he got with the banker and they mm-hmm. decide how to handle his money or whatever right. else. And he had the the police um, go over and, and give him an, uh, a, a personal escort of uh, mm-hmm. while he moved his stuff from his girlfriend's place to the, the new place. Right. And uh, she was pissed off. They said she called like numerous times. Well, she wasn't there. I guess she had to work. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, she called several times while he was trying to move out. And was not happy about it. Wow! And uh, he was like, I, "Yeah, I don't, I don't belong here in, anymore. I actually probably never really did." So, yeah, yeah, that's sad. <laughs> I mean, I hope he can move out from Detroit. I mean, no shade against Detroit, but I actually it'd have- be nice if he can move closer to where his job is because it sounds like that's a yeah, you know, a better. Or place. just leave the whole area and get right. another job. <laughs> I mean, ideally, Something. because yeah. I have, I actually have a number of friends from Detroit, including one. Very, very close friend. My dad's side of the family's from Detroit. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. How often do they go back? Well, my parents. Oh, we, never. We, have, <laughs> we went back in the eighties. Yeah. Um, that was my first and only time there. Yeah. And 
It's weird seeing another city that's considered a major city after you've lived in Los Angeles. Yeah. Well, it's no longer considered a major city. It used to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Detroit has lost something like 60% of its population. Yeah. Well, like I said, this was in the 80s. Right, right. So, you know. But even then, it was like that was when the decline really kicked in. And, um, you know, my friend, when we he talks about it like a ghost town, it's like yeah. he says it's just so sad and dead. And even though, you know, you want to root for it as a former, you know, kind yeah. of iconic American city. Yeah. But it's like it's it's done. Right. I mean, I don't want to say that, but I mean, a lot. Of, I'm just saying people who love it, who are from there, like yeah. even say that. Right, so right. it just seems like the walking man story seems it's kind of like um, symbolic especially considering that this is motown right, right. The motor city yeah. like how symbolic is it that this hardworking this is the, exactly the type of black man that would have probably had a job in the factories back in the day right. making a decent you know wage and being able to support his family and yeah. them days is over yeah it, yeah yeah i'm sad yep i saw the uh, while i was there i saw the the original uh motown building which was uh hitsville usa right yeah which is crazy it's a house yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they do that in the midwest and mm-hmm. like they you're just walking down the street and like somebody will take a house and turn it into a, a little convenience store right or there'll be a house that is now like a sub police station right that's crazy it's called <laughs> no planning and zoning regulations you know <laughs> <laughs> That was Man. crazy, but yeah, too bad for this guy. Uh, I hope, yeah, I hope everything, you know, uh, works out for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, unfortunately, the uh, all the good that people did for him is causing him more problems temporarily. But hopefully, in the long run, it it it'll balance out yeah. and it, and it will be a big plus for him. Yeah, sounds like it's just bringing the problems that were already there to the surface. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, but the fact that he didn't have any money, right. you know, it wasn't an issue, yeah. so. But yeah. But that girlfriend was still ratchet regardless. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, I, I could just, Im- I'm like, I'm just having all kinds of thoughts about the ex-husband still living there. Yeah. and. Uh, well, the thing about that, I don't even put shade on her just because of that. Because actually, I was reading a story about how that's actually very common. And since the financial crisis happened and, you know, hard times hit, like, the divorce rate actually went down just mm-hmm. because people couldn't afford to move out. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of people are broken up but still living together because they just, it costs a lot of money to move. Yeah, I know some stories like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I have, I have a, you know, my, um, the, the young lady who, well, I'm, I'm not going to, I just, let's just say I know some people with, in similar situations, but. But they didn't move the new boo in. Right, exactly. <laughs> but if they would have exactly. had enough rooms, they might have. <laughs> they do got enough rooms, but. <laughs> You know, there's some lies that, like, yeah, that's, mmm. That's funny. I don't know about that one. Hey, it takes a village. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't have the audio for this story, but it's not real necessary anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's this there's this clip of this, this female preacher that's going around the net where she's, like, legitimately ministering the word. Just, like, this is not... She's actually teaching. She's not preaching. She's teaching. Mm-hmm. And it's real. It's not, you know, I grew up in church. So I know mm-hmm. somebody's like playing around or if it's, you know, it's not right. a joke. This right. is like she's really teaching right. like the word of God. Right. And what she sees is the, 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 
the hook is <laughs> so, so to speak <laughs> the hook is that her tig old bitties are out all the way i mean they they are so far out like her cleavage is so low that you can see no it's not cleavage it's nipples yeah so yeah well, it is. well still i'm just trying to give people a, a picture <laughs> it's not like the full titty is hanging out it's right. not the full titty right it is cleavage but yeah. it's it's so deep that the the nipple is out and the top half of the areola is showing right. like you know how the areola is a circle right well that the the c part the top you know yeah. half circle the, the rainbow <laughs> yeah the rainbow uh the rainbow areola coalition <laughs> this is in full effect <laughs> now the thing about this this video all it's it's, it's clear that it's not self-shot it's clear that somebody is behind the camera because there is zoom action going in and out so my thing is even if she didn't feel that her breasts were exposed the person that's filming her should definitely see that her breasts are exposed and then after she finished who's gonna post something on the internet without looking at it and, and editing then, it and editing it right or or at least you know giving it a one a once over you know and 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 then two this well three well, this is my thing <laughs> I'm lost count. There's so many motherfucking things wrong with this. I, I'm lost count. First titty, second titty, third titty. Charlie Bell, as somebody who has some tickle bitties herself, right? You know, uh, and and I would think size would be relevant too. I would think that a smaller woman might not, might be able, might, it may not be as obvious to her. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. But anyway, my my question to you is because I'm just trying to figure this out with the only body part I got that might be similar. I'm trying to think if, if my balls were hanging out, <laughs> there's, there's no way I could not know that if right. my ball, as a matter of fact, not, not too long ago, right. I had a little hole <laughs> in my pants, right, right there in the seam, right, right. where the, 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 the sides and the front and right. all meet. Right. There was a little, a little hole right there. Right. And it was a really tiny hole. Right. But I could feel that hole. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I knew that hole was there, and I had my wife fix it for me before it got too big. Right. Because I didn't want my balls hanging out. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not the point of draw. <laughs> <laughs> so, l- let me ask you. Do you think it's possible that, and you, the video was, I don't know, right. how was it, three minutes? Yeah. About three minutes. At least. Do you think somebody could, a woman could have her breast exposed to that Extent for that amount of time and not feel it, not be aware, not know. Hell fucking no. Amen. <laughs> Hell fucking no. That shit was intentional. So that, that's your take on this? You oh, think clearly. she did it on purpose? Uh, no, there's no thing. She absolutely did it on purpose. And um, the, but then the question becomes, well, why? Right. And ha- why and how and well, what? My, my go-to is I'm thinking there might be some mental illness involved. That was what that was my first thought, and and, and I kind of mentioned that. So uh-huh. I definitely think mental illness is involved. But okay, but related to mental illness, so. I have a good... My ex-boyfriend actually was a member of a cult. He grew up in a cult. Right? Really? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Um, I'll, I can't, I'm pretty sure I told you this story, but maybe not. We'll tell you another time, or maybe we can even put it as a topic on the show, because it was very interesting. So he grew mm-hmm. up in a cult, right? And okay. so um, his cult, like most cults, they start off with some kind of basis in legitimacy whether it's right you know christianity religion mm-hmm. um you know or a, a My- social movement a spiritual movement something and then it just t- 
typically around this charismatic leader, the the rituals and the things just become more and more bizarre. But because you're so bought in, you just go along with it. So yeah. to the point where you know then and then se- there's there tends to be a lot of like dysfunctional sexual dynamics too within a cult, right? Mm-hmm. So like for example, in the cult that he was a part of, um, his parents at first they just. You know, they just brought all these different people together, and then they let them socialize. And, of course, people got married or fucked or had kids, whatever. Right. Like, normal people. And then they started putting pressure on different couples because they were trying to create this, not a master race, but... They, in a, it, well, in a way, it was supposed to be, like, they were supposed to be erasing racism, right? So they tried to force... Um, not force, but incur. At first, they were encouraging people of different races to get together. So, mm-hmm. you know, his parents were interracial, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, like a Chonella cult, right? <laughs> low key, right? Low key. Right. So, so then it just got more and more bizarre. And then the leader was just—he was breaking up different marriages. He would go and fuck different the wives, and um, you know, it turned out he had all these kids by all these different women in the cult. And then, but you couldn't question it; you just had to go along with it, or else mm-hmm. you get ostracized and kicked out of the cult, and or abused physically or mentally. So, long story short, I mean, it's not. It's not unheard of or unprecedented for one spiritual leader's kind of mental illness to get integrated into these weird kind of sexual peccadillos that get become then part of the religious expression. Right, right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, like I heard this. I heard this one cult that they would like. Basically, they used prostitution as a tool to try to proselytize. A lot of groups do that. They would be like, you know, they would send the, the, the young women out to like screw dudes and, and try to, you know, use that to bring them back to, a lot. to their cult. So I, I've seen because, because of the ex and he, yeah. he, there's actually a, a book written about the cult he was in. Mm-hmm. I read that book and then it made me. What's the name? Can you say the name cult? It's a book, right? That's public knowledge. Yeah. The name of the, I can't remember the name of the book, but the name of the cult was Synanon. Never heard of it. Man, it was cute. Like probably when I start telling you the stories, you'll probably remember some of the stories because it was in the Maybe. media when we were little kids. Maybe. But anyway. Uh, wow, that's deep. Yeah, it was deep. So that was that was when I started. So my first thing was mental illness. But then, like you said, why would the camera person go along with it? Right. I think it's a an intentional thing. Yeah, they think that that's like they're using it as a tool to sex using sex as a tool to bring people to right. their religion or whatever right. whatever it might be and then you've seen other things on the internet where people are like they have some kind of freaky sexual ritual that's like god wants you to show your titties no i haven't seen that you didn't see that there uh-huh. was there was a thing there was an african thing where um oh yeah yeah they yeah, were like god some, wants yeah. you to not wear panties to church right, so, right. The, so the holy spirit <laughs> yeah. can enter your pussy yeah. you know and oh, no seriously right. that was no, one I know. Yeah. and then there You're was right. another one where he was like he had him down by the water and yeah. they're all yeah. kneeling and yeah. god wants me to rub my face yeah. in your ass right and, right you know i got you so mm-hmm. you know people People gonna use the Lord to to basically do whatever the fuck they want to do anyway. Well, yeah. So she's probably somebody who has you know a mental illness that where she wants to show off her titties. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. And the thing about it, she looks not only normal, she's attractive, and she's got some some nice uh, titties. Right. I mean, so. she wasn't gonna have some big old haggy titties. That's not gonna no. bring anybody to the fold. <laughs> 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 Milkshake bring all the boys to the yard. <laughs> Damn right. To the flock. You know? <laughs> to the church. <laughs> Jesus wept. 
So for our people who may not be familiar with the Neelys, do you know who the Neelys are? You know, I... Because you don't watch regular TV that much, so I know you don't get into deep, uh, like, Food Network and stuff that much either. Yeah, no, I didn't know who they were until... Um, I posted the... No, 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 I actually, our my friend uh, Juana had told me about them. Oh, okay. You know, Juana. Uh-huh. And um, she, she had told me about them, so I knew who they were okay, when you, you posted okay. it, but I never watched them or followed right. their show. So the Neelys are a black couple on Food Network channel. And, you know, there's not many of us on there. So they were like everybody. All the black people love the Neelys. They were from the South. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they had that whole down home thing going right. on with the little accents and all shucks. And mm-hmm. they were like super, super in love with each other and all that. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like six years ago. <laughs> six years ago, I called BS on the Neelys. I was, yep, I was hanging out with some of my homies and stuff. And we were out. And uh, I can tell you, as a matter of fact, where we were, we were at the... At the uh, at the farmer's market at the Grove. Mm-hmm. We were over there and we were in, in having dinner and whatnot. And I was like, I, the Neelys came up and I was like, I got beef with the Neelys. They was like, how you going to have beef with the car, with the, uh, the Food Network couple? <laughs> with, the, with the Cosby's of the <laughs> right, Food right. Network. Right, <laughs> right. Exactly. That's who they were. The Cosby's of the Food Network. Exactly. That's nice. That's nice. That's exactly who they were. And I was like, well, well, first let's start with the cooking. There's a couple things they made. They were talking about and let me let me let me get this right. They they didn't preface by saying this is a, a shortcut to making red beans and rice. They were right. like, this is how we do red beans and rice, right. and they got them bitches out the can. Oh no. Oh yes. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nigga like me ain't never seen the South and know that's all wrong. You're like, first of all, you perpetrating a fraud. Hell yeah. How you gonna be on TV and from the South talking about you make red beans and rice out and you can canned beans, yeah. nigga? Please. Your whole shit is. <laughs> yeah. Your whole foundation is right. Shaky. Right. And then it was something else that they did too, cooking wise, that kind of like <laughs> put put them on thin ice with me. And then I said, besides that, I said, I just got a problem with people who are so overly yeah. when, whenever you are too extreme when my, my flag goes up. Yeah. I'm sorry. And sure. I just and I was just like, I'm not buying it. All that, oh, I love you too, Pat. Oh, give me a kiss, honey. I'm like, I'm not buying it. I am right. not buying it. I'm like, they fucking fake. They are not. They are not that. And then come to find out, they were fighting and at each other's throat for years, and they were miserable. And they mm-hmm. finally, they just recently divorced last year, and they're 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 worn because one of them one of them the, the recipe belongs to one of them, and then the you know the, mm-hmm. the, the but the personality the, belongs, belongs to the other. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the other one things like you can't make it without me, and the other one things you can't make it without me, and it's just ah. Uh, but well, uh, how much recipe do you need to get cans out of? Okay. <laughs> right. I feel like the one with the personality should just get a buy her a recipe book and keep rolling. Because I mean, it's not that serious. Uh, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, the personalities of both of them are shot because they both was fake. Mm. You know what I mean? They both was being real fake, and I and I, I smelled it. Or I felt it. I could feel it on them. Like I could I'm like y'all fake. Y'all fronting. Feel it like no. Matt Hamhock and collard greens. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, I don't know. I smelled it like kittens. You know, I sometimes I feel bad because you know me and my wife we sometimes argue a lot, mm-hmm. and we 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 don't have a perfect marriage and all that, and it can use some work and whatever. But you know what? At the end of the day, like. We knocking on eleven years, and every time I turn around, one of these other couples that's like always in Facebook, like all hugged up and all like 
everything is like all super perfect and all that stuff. I just, another one, just saw one just the other day. You know, dude posting and he's all, you know, sad, lamented, lamenting because he just got separated from his wife. And, uh, and, and they got, you know, they ain't, they just got married. Yeah. You know, I mean. The, the Dow does protest too much. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, actually, there was a, cer- a study done recently that um, said that statistically you could show that the, the couples who put the most on social media and like oh how great our lives are and mm-hmm. they do have a higher rate of divorce. breakups and divorce and basically messiness and so people it, the basically the conclusion of these researchers was that people do overcompensate when their relationship is on the rocks by you know kind of putting that yeah. stuff out there and this is not to like I'm not trying to judge anybody who does that and I'm right. not saying everybody does that is it's fake right but it's just and, and and I understand only putting because I don't I rarely put stuff about my relationship on social media, but when I do, it's positive. I never put negative. And the same thing with this show. I don't really go to negative because it's just not good for you know, it's not good for your marriage. Right. You know, it's not good for me to come on here and just like dog my wife. That's not that's not good. Right. It's not gonna make her feel good. Right, <laughs> not, right, right, right. You know, so that's not that's not healthy. So I understand that you, when you do talk, you only talk positive because you know that's right. That's, that's the way to do it. Out of respect for your marriage. But, but there's just something about there's some people that like it, it's I don't know how to explain they, it. But you know, just, you yeah. put a hundred on ten. Right. Like yeah. You know, by the same token that when you come home and you have an argument with your wife over, let's say, what you're gonna have for dinner, right. you don't. But on the one hand, you don't go on and be like, this bitch don't want to bake no goddamn beans and rice. And we, she's a hoe, blah, blah, blah. You know, on the one hand, you're not going to do that. But right. by the same token, you're not going to get on there and be like, I love my wifey so much. Right. right. Look at us making dinner side by side. Right. And you know you guys just had a fight over what, you know what I mean? Like, right. It's, right. It's, it's respect, but yeah. it's not going over the board. And then the people who are concerned. Yeah. But you know what is... Um, so speaking of great philosophers, P. Diddy, you know, who a, <laughs> you know who had a great uh, line about this on Scandal was the great philosopher Melly. The <laughs> what, what did Melly say about this? When um, and how do you know? Because you don't even watch Scandal. I don't really watch it, but I flipped, <laughs> but I flipped through it, and I, I got it's the time to get this little nugget of it's wisdom. True, I got caught up in this monologue because I was like, wow, she's onto something. <laughs> because Fritz was like. Um, confronting her and saying like mm-hmm. you're so fake how did this happen did i turn you into this person uh-huh. and she's like honey don't you know faking is the only thing that's real <laughs> she said how do you think people would get through a marriage if they didn't <laughs> you know if you spend your whole life with somebody there's no way you could do it unless you pretended to like that person some of the time if you pretended that their fucking little jokes didn't annoy the shit out of you if you didn't pretend that you were tired of smelling their funky jaw i mean you know i'm, oh, I'm ad-libbing but yeah i get you <laughs> but th- you know she's basically saying like everything real in life depends upon pretending and that's she, i mean she kind of took it to the extreme but there was some truth and wisdom in what she was saying but but you're right i think that basically anything in life you got to have your you know right right i got you <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay well, we're going to take a little break and uh we're going to play some uh, some promos and stuff like that and uh, we'll come back with the rest of our topics in a second It's rough up in here at Miss Annette's dance studio. If I had to describe Miss Annette, 
in just one word? says she met my daddy a long time ago, way before he became a clown. Scientologist. Scientologist. What <laughs> the rusty f- is going on here? This is how you spin. Not let the terrorists win. Does anybody ever actually dance in this damn place? There is a unicorn. His name is Contract. Careful what you wish for. Everybody, this is Sangin' Diva, and you're listening to Dino Red and the Shiznit Show. Well, all right, and we're back. Speaking of the uh, lean on me, do you know... uh, What's his name? Jermaine. Jermaine Hopkins, a.k.a. Jermaine Huggy Hopkins. He's the kid from Juice and from Lean On Me, the chubby kid. He played Steel and Juice. Okay. One of the black movies I didn't see. Okay. Which one? Juice or Lean On Me? I don't think I saw either one. (gasps) Wow, Charlie Bell. (laughs) Wait, Lean On Me, was that... The one with um, Morgan Freeman. Okay, yeah, I did see that. Joe Clark. Okay, with the Batman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. did see that. I didn't see Juice. Yeah, not Batman, but the man that had right. the bat. He's like, right. But you- <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the chubby kid on there. That's 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 uh, Jermaine Hopkins. Jermaine uh, Huggy Hopkins. Uh, he also, like I said, he plays Steel in Juice with uh, Tupac and those guys. Uh, he recently. Got busted with 200 pounds. Oh, yeah, he's fucking up. 200 pounds of weed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know what he got busted for? What? Being a dumbass. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> this motherfucker. I mean, I read the story. Mm-hmm. Come on, dude. First of all, your first mistake, you're in fucking Arizona. Right. That was your first mistake? Right. Come on. You know they ain't letting niggas get away with nothing in goddamn <laughs> Arizona, especially not in Maricopa County. Right. That's where that ju- that sheriff Arpaio, you know, that's where he's put like the illegal immigrants in detention camps, right. and put the prisoners out in fucking the fields like animals. I mean, come on, right? Black people shouldn't even be in Arizona. <laughs> that was your yeah. first mistake. <laughs> and then, how much money did they say he had? Like a hundred thousand dollars in cash in the car. Right. Yeah. You don't even have a fucking viable excuse. Like no. you don't even have no kind of alibi. Like no. if you had just the weed right. or just the money. Right. Right. But you can't have weed and money. Nope. Nigga. Come on. Come on. 
come on. I, yeah. Bishop from could have told you that. I mean, shit, you didn't even watch your own goddamn movie. That's that's gangsterism one on one right there. That's dumb. That's stupid. I'm I'm square as fuck, and I know right. you can't have weed and you can't have drugs and money at the same no. vehicle. Mm-mm. Come on, dude. Yeah, man. If it was one or the other, you could be like, well, what happened was. You can, yeah. Right. But yeah. not, yeah. Plausible deniability, right. or reasonable doubt. Exactly. But, not yeah. when you got that kind of weight and that yeah. kind of money. Yeah. Locked oh. up. <laughs> Don't yeah. let me out. <laughs> yeah. They, they ain't gonna. <laughs> no, they not. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. Man. Yeah. I mean, I think the drug war is insane, and you know we've we've talked yeah, about this. It's it so is. dumb. It is. So. But come on, dude, just don't. But don't be a dumbass about it. Right. Speaking yeah. of the drug war, hmm. like again, I'm square. I'm. I don't really participate in drugs, what have you. But I've gotten invited to a lot of cocaine parties lately. Really? I didn't really know cocaine was cracking off like <laughs> cracking off. <laughs> but um, like I mean, obviously, I know it really never really went fully out of style, but right. it seems to be making a comeback. Or maybe it's just people's attitudes about it. No, what? I don't think it's the attitudes. I think it's people. What? What do you think? Man? You know what? Honestly, it could just be the fact that the people who are left and single and still going out to party are just more predominantly drug users. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> that makes me sound sad. Yeah, I don't. I don't know because in my world, it's you know. Mm. <laughs> no, I've never even done blow. I mean, I I know a lot of people who, you know, rec- recreationally right. have explored it, but. I mean, it, it just felt like a fucking re, reboot of the 70s. Like, people just, I was at a party, house party recently, and people just were pulling it out, just doing it out op- in the, op- like, they like weren't it. even going to the bathroom. Wow. Yeah. I thought that was bold, but I don't know. Hmm. I guess it's, maybe it's just the crowd that you hang with, Charlie Bell. You hang with this fast Hollywood crowd, you know? Well, I guess. <laughs> Not intentionally. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Maybe because they know that um, Obamacare is going to cover rehab now. Maybe people are just like, fuck it. <laughs> well, um, in technology news, we have uh, uh, some kind of exciting news. At least I find it exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Elio, uh, the CEO of Elio Motors, mm-hmm. has a new car that's coming out called the Elio. Mm-hmm. It comes due to come out next year. Um, I have an audio for it, but I'm not going to play it because it doesn't really say much. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll give you more details. Now, the cool thing about this car is that it gets like 84 miles on the highway and like mm-hmm. 49 in the city. It's great. To to Per gallon. Right. So it's something like 600 and something miles on the tank of gas. That's awesome. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Guess how much the car costs? Brand new. I don't know how much. $6,800. Wow. Yeah. Fucking awesome. That's... Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little even, car. Even Detroit Walking Man could have. <laughs> right. It's a little car. And the thing, the, the way they have achi- been able to achieve such mileage on it, is because uh, what they did was they cut, they basically cut a regular car in half, right? Mm. It's only it only weighs a little bit over twelve hundred pounds, whereas the average small car weighs like 
2400 mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and they didn't cut it in half with they did it lengthways right so if you look at a regular car right like from head, headlights on right and then just look at one side of the car right that's about how wide it's like a unicycle car right <laughs> yeah technically legally it's a motorcycle because it's only three wheels really mm-hmm. it's tapered in the back so it's 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 only at its widest point it's as wide as uh <clears throat> half of a car and then it's got the two wheels that stick out on the side, kind of, right. kind of like a prowler or something. Right. And the, per- <clears throat> and then and the, the person tape- riding with the passenger has to ride behind you. There's right. No, exactly. There's you ride no behind. Side by side. Exactly. And that cuts. That's then. That's um, how they cut drag. a lot of the drag and increases the 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 efficiency of right. the fuel right. and everything. So it's very cool. Um, they they asked Paul Elio like, okay, well, what, what's your market? <clears throat> And he was like, well, kind of everyone, you know, um, like w- w- this is going to be the first and car and not the, not an or car. In mm-hmm. other words, you, we, we don't anticipate anybody buying this car instead, instead of-, of any car except for maybe um, parents for their kids first car. Right. This is like the only time think we think this would be an or car. So instead of getting, you know, a used Volvo or whatever, you know, for you know, 10 grand or whatever that's got 100,000 miles on it or something like that. You get this brand new Elio with five star, uh, um, five star uh, safety safety rating, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, for $6,800. Right. <clears throat> that's super, you know, uh, fuel. And it's not electric, it runs right. on gas, right. you know. So, um, is but, he going to come out with an electric version? Um, I don't think they have any plans to. Mm. And uh, they're saying that. You know, you have your Escalade or your whatever car, mm-hmm. and then this will be like your commuter car, your mm-hmm. get around town car, right. you know, your to and from car, and then you'll still have your other car for the weekends and when you want to go out or on mm-hmm. vacation right. or whatever else. But this is basically your commuter every day. Running you know. errands. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, mm-hmm. if you guys want to check it out, I have video posted on um, our Facebook page. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope it's a success. I think that um, I, I don't know. Like I, they've had s- stuff like this similar mm-hmm. in Europe for years, you right. know. And when when you go to um, European cities, it's like you see all these little not now like the smart, you know, like the smart car. They've mm-hmm. had versions of that and smaller little tiny, you know, cars mm-hmm. over there for years that you know, Americans wouldn't drive. Right. And um. I think it's a couple of things. It's cultural because Americans want to look cool in their cars. Like we have, you know, a definitely a, a culture of like, you know, wanting to look cool in your car. Mm-hmm. And then, but it's also the the gas, um, the cost of gas. I think that gas is too cheap in America for people to really get, you know, into this. I mean, the thing about you think so? All we do is complain about how expensive gas is. Yeah, but we don't live in Europe. If you went to Europe, right. I know it's worse there. Yeah, I mean, but. when you're paying five and six dollars per gallon, then I think that's why the Europeans caught on quicker. And then also the space, right? Like the European cities, mm-hmm. the streets and everything is much smaller. The parking is much more limited. So it was kind of like a survival mechanism. Yeah. So I mean, I hope it's adopted. But I'm just saying, I think those. Well, I hear you, and mm-hmm. I, I know we've had similar things before, but I think um, I think this one has a good chance because I think this is the first one who really, like, the price is right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, mm-hmm. it is a car. Well, like you said, it's the cool factor. So people can keep their cool car 
and have this on the side. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And because it is that affordable mm-hmm. that you could go out. This could be actually a third car for a lot of families, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, $6,800, I mean, you could put that on a credit card, you know? Yeah. I mean, you'd be for stupid sure. to do it, but yeah, you could, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, oh, it, I forgot. That's another thing. You can go right now to the website and put $100 down on one right now. Mm. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, but, um, all you mofos. I think, um, I don't know. I think, I think it's right that, you know, um, gas is starting to go back up again. Um, so we, it won't be too long before we are around the $5. <laughs> the $5 rate, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think it, wor- I think it could work. I hope it does. But yeah, that's pretty cool. So, um, did you hear Jodeci's back? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Casey, Jojo, Mr. Dalvin. Right. Ready for it. Right. I'm feeling that shit. Well, I, um, I have to say that I'm 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 pleased with this. Yeah, you know I'm yeah. not mad at it. Not I, at all. It, it, it's very reminiscent of their old stuff. They stayed in their lane. Right. They stayed in their lane. Right. Now I don't know if I would go hear them live yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I believe that they sound like this live, but in right. the studio they sound like their old selves again. <laughs> Even though they do, the uh, KC still looked very cracked out. He just looked like yeah. a dressed up, like a dressed up crackhead. Yeah, well, the the video, the video is yeah. off the chain. The video is hilarious to me. It's yeah, like, I'm like, why is this nigga playing the piano in the snow outside? Cat daddies. <laughs> it was cat daddies in the Himalayas. Right. That's the fucking. It shit was it was low key Game of Thronesh like there, there, there it was, was like the, winter is coming <laughs> and then the, the girl got on lingerie with a fur coat on in the snow right. like what the hell what right. what is what what right. like I said <laughs> it was like I think they took their inspiration from when Jon Snow and the redhead Egret yeah <laughs> yeah Snow and Egret was getting yeah, busy and exactly <laughs> I was like cat daddies in Game of Thrones you know in freaking Winterfell. That's what the video looks like. Yeah. They have like dead animals wrapped around themselves and shit. And check them out. They did an album without having to put it on Kickstarter. <laughs> wow. Imagine that, TLC. Well, let's see. Ain't that get, about a bitch? Let's see if they get the publicity that TLC got. <laughs> well, we're, we're doing our part, Joe, to see. If you want to come on the Shiznit show, we will have you. We'll let you sing. That's right. Just leave a crack at home. Well, whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. no, leave your crack at home. <laughs> hey. Or at least in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely don't take it to Arizona. <laughs> With $100,000 in cash in the car. For real. <laughs> That's what you don't do. Yeah, it's not like... um. It's not hot as some of their, you know, hottest stuff, but it's definitely strong. It's yeah. A str- it's very strong, yeah. uh, a, com- a very strong comeback song. Yeah, I like it. I like yeah. it. And I like how they did, they kind of did a little, um, <clears throat> what do you call it? Like a, they, uh, I can't think of the word. They did like a little Teddy Pendergrass motif to kind of remind you who they were. They were the Teddy, you know, that was, that was their lane. They were like. The Teddy Pendergrass of the 90s, you know, okay. so they're kind of like paying homage to that. Mm-hmm, so, I like that. Right, right. Hey, did you ever see their reality show when it was on? 
I watched it a little bit, but it was kind of sad. I could, you know what I mean? It was it, sad. It was sad. I couldn't. I couldn't. It was like, you know, your group you, that you was really riding with back in the day and all that. I didn't want to see them all cracked out and doing rehab and just, I, it was depressing. So It was a little depressing. I, I watched like half of one episode and that was it. <laughs> well, you know, when they were actually consistently going to rehab, that wasn't the sad part. Like, mm. them being in recovery, that was cool. Like, you right. like you were rooting for them. Like, you wanted right. them to stay clean and sober. Yeah. The part that fucked me up was the episode where he was trying to go on the internet. Uh-huh. And he had never been on the internet before. Wow. And he had... And they were like... The guy was trying to show him, and he just wasn't getting it. And then finally, he was like... He's like, oh, I can Google black pussy? What? So then when he realized, like, porn, the, the fucking internet is a cornucopia of porn. Wow. He was like, and it just showed him just like on the, and, which is probably a lot of guys' introduction to the internet, sad to say, but anyway. Wow. That's crazy. It was my dad's introduction. I remember him asking me, like, well, how do I find? Sweet black pussy. Yeah. I was like, just Google it, Dad. DJ Quick and, uh... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for our Donald Thomas Average Guy Question of the Week. All right. You Go. know I have to change the names on this one. Why do you have to change? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. You don't have to change. That's who the people wrote in. Well, I'm changing the names. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pauline and Prentice were married with three children, <laughs> but they got a divorce four years ago. Now, Prentice is set to marry Kristen. Kristen is very concerned about being a stepmother to Prentice's kids and wants to make every effort to be great to them, so she has an idea. As a show of good faith and commitment to co-parenting with the previous wife, Kristen asks her, the previous wife to serve in their wedding is that a sign of maturity or foolishness is it a good idea or a bad idea what would you say if you were the ex-wife hmm do you know <clears throat> well i actually like this i like i like this uh this new wife and where where her head is at and what she's thinking what she's trying to do i think i think yes it is a sign of maturity I do not think it's foolishness. Um, I do think it's a good idea. However, I say both of those with one caveat. It, it all depends on on what type of person the previous wife was. And is. Yeah, is. Right. It depends. Now, if she's just a straight-out ratchet drama queen, then it's a bad idea and, you know, I wouldn't do it. I would not invite her to to my wedding. Right. So I think I would think that would be a bad idea. However, if she's half as mature as you seem to be, um, yeah, you changed. Now, now the people who li- who wrote this don't know who, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, because you didn't change the names, so they don't know who we're talking to. <laughs> um, they know who they are. <laughs> let's hope so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if, if if she's half as mature as you seem to be, then I think it's, it's a great idea, and I applaud you for it, and I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. 
(laughs) I mean, the concept, the commitment to co-parenting, that's a key. That's I mean, it's it's really it's it's common these days. I mean, you know, there's a lot of families out there that show that it doesn't have to be full of drama and that and that like the 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 new. I mean, even in my own family, right? You know, my my uh, my my sister's ex husband. You know, he comes to a lot of the you know family functions and whatnot yeah. with my sister's current husband, and yeah. you know, and yeah, uh, when when he had when he was married, he brought her along too, and when he not married, he still comes along. I mean, yeah. and everybody, it's all good. Everybody right. gets along. It's, right. it's been years; those wounds are you know are are healed, healed. and uh, there's no drama. You know, right. and uh, I know a lot of other families that that do it too and uh you know get along you know quite well yeah no i agree like i said i agree with the commitment to co-parenting the need to overcome drama and be you know for all the adults involved to handle things maturely for the benefit of the children Mm -hmm. i agree 100 percent with that but but i just wouldn't (laughs) i wouldn't participate in my new man's marriage like i wouldn't i mean i could wish him well but i wouldn't go to the wedding you know Mm -hmm. I, i couldn't I mean, I can't say that there's no scenario under which I would, but of of the boyfriends that I've had, I wouldn't be attending any of their weddings, most likely. Maybe, maybe, <clears throat> maybe one who's a friend of mine, but even then, that might be awkward for her. But um, cause, and we don't have kids, so obviously mm-hmm. the kids is the big thing. But I still wouldn't want to participate in the wedding. Even well, I, I don't could, think I think didn't she just say she was going to invite her? No, she said she serve in the wedding, meaning oh, okay, be like a, a flower girl. I mean, not a flower girl, but a bridesmaid or something. Yeah, a bridesmaid or re- do a reading. Like you know, there's different roles people play. Like yeah, do a reading right. at the wedding yeah. or something to that effect. I wouldn't do all that. Yeah, I'd say I'd say serving, and it might be a little bit ambitious, depending on. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking they might have a pretty good relationship already if she's even going down that road. I, know? I hope so. So if they have a pretty good relationship, then well, you know what, what that, I was, that could be. Yeah. You know what I would say: don't do ever with respect to your wedding is anything that's going to create a surprise. If you don't know a hundred thousand percent how this chick is going to react, don't even open that can of worms. Right. So anyway, all right, that was cool. That was kind of different. From uh, most of our uh, questions. Yeah. And let's get on to the mail. You've got mail. All right. <clears throat> um, don't have any actual mail. This time, I do want to give some shout-outs and some recognition. I got to give a great, big, gigantic, ginormous shout-out props to uh, to Chas Samuel Jr., who is our fan, who also uh, has become our, our our Facebook editor. And he's done, oh, man, and a phenomenal job. He's helped the traffic go up so much. And... You know, with the stories that he's posting, like just fresh stories all the time, just constant, constant fresh stories. So uh, thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Shout out to you and shout out to Trey. Um, <clears throat> hope everything's going. I haven't talked to you, man. I have to find out what's going on with the uh, the colleges, see if Trey has uh, picked, uh, narrowed down the college yet. And um, shout out to Tara Lynn as well, who is another super fan. 
and uh, I was she was uh, she was in the the chat room when I was on Chonella. Um, that's the thing, you know. I have to say real quick. Um, don't get me wrong, Chaz and Terrellyn, you guys. I love you guys. You guys are the best. You guys are super fans. Uh, Lady Row, all you all you super fans. The only thing is, I kind of feel like I mean, well, not feel like, but okay. This is the thing. We're we're new to the game, the podcast game. So they were fans of other shows before we came along, and now that we came along, they like our show too. So they listen to other shows and they listen to our show, and it's like it's kind of like we're sharing them. You know, it's like they don't really belong to us because they didn't. We didn't discover <laughs> them. You know what I mean? They were already into black podcasts, and then we came along. So it's like I have to share them with Chonella and IDS and Mr. Moody and all these other black <laughs> astronauts and all these other people, which is cool. And I got love for all them people. But at the same time, it's like, I'd be glad when I get some, we get some fans that are Shiznib fans first, like, and then, you know, they're into Chonella and all these other people after us, you know what I'm saying? Instead of the other way around, it's like, you know, that's all. Don't have low self-esteem. I'm sure we're creating Chonella um, fans out there in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> I guess. I guess. But Tara Lynn, Or as um, they would pronounce it, Chonilla. Tara Lynn actually, uh, she's written in, but I haven't read any of these the stuff that she wrote in, only because it was kind of so far past what we were actually talking about. But she had a lot to say about the, the vaccines and things like that, because she's actually a scientist. Mm-hmm. So she's actually smart as hell. And uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. so she always writes in when we talk about those type of things. Cool. And uh, I want to give a shout out to my boy, George Hokama, um, my buddy from junior high school. I first got into computers with him. We have the the first our schools, the, the very first computer class that they ever had. We had that together. Um, our teacher had the principal institute that that class and uh we were like her top students and stuff whatever and i'd recently were learning cobol <laughs> <laughs> a basic 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 and uh but yeah so um yeah i recently just got back in touch with him through facebook and everything so shout out to you george um and let's see what else oh <laughs> shout out to to the what up though show um our boy Tim, he he's he, that man. He's hustle man, you know. Uh, poor Tim, he's uh, his. I, I don't think business is doing so so well for him. He's been moonlighting because uh, I found this going around on the internet. Here you go. This is uh, Tim's latest uh, latest latest gig. When I get a serious craving for something I want to eat, I need some cheese, tomatoes, and olives, and maybe even some meat. I need some pizza, 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 pizza. Every time I want that pizza, 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 pizza. I go to David's Pizza. David's Pizza, 209-477-2677. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Donnie was like, why he say pizza so many times? (laughs) Because they want you to know what the fuck they're selling. (laughs) Pizza, pizza, pizza. (laughs) So uh, shout out to Tim, and I hope, uh, hope, you know, things pick up for you soon, brother. 
I, I understand you, you got to do what you got to do to make ends meet. And, <laughs> you know, especially when you're, you know, your podcast, you know, it's not doing anything. Not putting no food on the table. You know what I'm saying? Not putting no pizza on the table. Not no pizza on the table. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure David's, They, they you know, paid him in pizza. <laughs> David's paid him in pizza. Exactly. They, <laughs> That's cold. That's cold. Hey, people in LA, don't forget to vote on Tuesday, March yeah. 3rd. All right, rock the vote. Rock the vote. Rock the vote. And uh, so I guess that's about it, Charlie Bo. You got anything else you want to say before we take off? Nope. Can't wait to see you next week. Okay, everybody. Um, shout out to all of our fans out there in Dominican Republic, Haiti, Jamaica, Ethiopia, uh, the United Emirates, all you places where we're starting to take off. And we appreciate you listening. Uh, please, please uh, go to iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe. Um, please go to Stitcher and iTunes and give us a, a five-star review. Um, also, share us. You know, Tell your friends about us. Tell your friends about the Shiznit Show. Check us out. And uh, with that, for Charlie Bell, for Damon the Wheels, Jennifer, I'm Dino Red. And we'll see you next time. Holla at your boy. From all of our crew to listeners like you, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Shiznit. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show. Check out our website, theshiznitshow.com, or hit us up on Facebook under The Shiznit. Follow us on Twitter at The Shiznit Show. Write to us at theshiznitshow at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail and make it sexy at 424 261 4878. This has been The Shiznit. You're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network.